You're listening to The Outer Timers, and now here are your hosts, Chief and Ben. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence? King in town. Young and old, gather round. Black and white, red and green. The funkiest man I've ever seen. Tell him what his name Party man, party man, rock a party like nobody can. Rules and regulations, no place in this nation. Party man, party man. Whoa, Nelly, the hour timers. Yes, man. Batman 89, Prince. <laughs> Now, is that when he's going through the museum? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That is great. I'll tell you, I'll tell you where that came from. Obviously, you did the Tears for Fears on the last one. and I certainly did. I've been watching a lot of Top of the Pops 2 on uh, BBC 4 or whatever channel it is, where they replay old Top of the Pops, and they kind of right. do about two or three a week. So they're slowly, they're doing it in real time. But they're, they're, they're catching up because they're doing, two, like I say, two or three episodes a week. And it was just on this one that I watched last week. There was a Tears for Fears one on there. Everybody oh. wants to rule the world. And um, then the next one up was actually Party Man. They played, now, so. Chief, at the, at the beginning of that scene, does he, does he say this? Does he go, Lawrence, <laughs> let's broaden our minds. He does, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I just need to hit pause on this show and just go and watch that now. <laughs> Correct. Tell me, what do you know about <laughs> bats? Oh man! Oh, genius. Well, jeep, it's been two weeks. Yep. How the heck have you been? Been good. Been good. Um, obviously, doing a lot of scale electric Hang flying. On. Hang on. Oh, we do Patreon here. Let's do the Patreon. No, I've just got to eat this apple. Sorry, listeners. That's awful. But I am hungry. Um, right. I uh, just want to tell everyone about the Patreon that we've got. So we yes. have launched the Patreon. You can find it on patreon.com slash theoutertimers. We'll be releasing bonus content on there at the $5 tier level. You'll get bonus content. And as the time this goes live, you'll have already received some bonus content. Me and Faceman Dave did a little comics review thing on Batman White Knight. And then tomorrow, you will actually get your first installment of Nostalgia Nights. Yeah, you will. The new monthly uh, bonus content that me and the big man Ben are pumping out. Yeah, look, I'm really excited about our Patreon and... I just want to say a few things about it. I, what I'd love, this is what I would love it to be. I want it to be a community of like-minded people that are into nostalgia. It could really be something. So if you want to hop on board at the entry level, like now, 
do so. And I think it's going to be well worth it. And I think it's going to be a really fun ride and experience. And we don't really know where it will go, but this is the start. So it would be cool if you can to support us. It would be much appreciated. So yeah, and it's not for our egos or anything. It's just, you know, I ain't got no ego. We want to pump out more content. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, you know, if you want to tip the cap, but you mentioned that Discord thing. I was like, what the hell's this? But it's actually like a, a private chat room kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's and great. It's we've just had, we've a had good closed uh, group only yeah, for Patreon members. That's it, that's it. Smudge has been on there, Phil's been on there. Um Bill Pete yeah, Pete might have been on there as well. I think Sam's just joined on there. So yeah, it's um it's a good place to have a chat. We've got some different chat um channels. Just yeah. to discuss stuff, yeah. And and that's also where we want you to kind of inform what the Nostalgia Night show is going to be. So if you've got Absolutely. ideas about stuff you want us to cover, anything like that, you know, fire it away. It is your show. Away. It is exactly. their show. Exactly. And there'll be other stuff as well. That will be the monthly show. But, you know, like I say, we're pumping out, uh, we'll be pumping out extra content as well. At least once every two weeks, hopefully, you'll get something new. Yeah, we're pumping out content like a sewage network, but yes. it's good sewage. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but uh, it's the like, good a chocolate, stuff. like a chocolate fountain. But um, that aside, how have you been, my man? Yeah, I've been good. I mean, look, so last show we went balls deep on Scare Electrics, and I haven't let up, Chief, and nor have you. No. And we are still in heavy flow of slot car racing i'm yeah. in that loft i'm getting track through the door on the daily yes. the royal mail must be thinking what's going on because well, someone is going big on slot car racing well you say that and obviously i went big you you sent me down the rabbit hole with your excellent back to the future instagram video if you haven't seen it go and check it out on ben flying retro check that out you sent me down the rabbit hole and then i started sending you pictures and you were like oh man this looks good and then i sent yeah. you back down the rabbit hole of buying exactly. Exactly. Like, like you said, Royal Mail's going um, nut. You're going nuts with their parcels. I had a delivery early on of a massive box, and it was in a branded Scalextrix box. And as the postman brought it up the path, he was just laughing to himself. Uh, and <laughs> my missus was in the garden. And he's like, um, "What's he doing behind Scalextrix? Just laughing." She, oh, laughing. that's great! I haven't had any of that kind of bants, but hopefully the boxes do keep coming. Now, it was one thing in particular that tipped me over the edge was when you showed me your one of your track designs and it had a flyover. So it had uh, a, a long straight and then it had another straight directly above, yeah. which doesn't sound that exciting, but it is to me. And I was like, I need to replicate that now. So yeah, that's, that's what did it. I've seen, you know, by the time this, this show goes live, I will have probably posted pictures of that. And you don't really see that in many setups, the directly above. You see crossovers going over almost at a no. 90 degree angle, but you don't see a parallel one above the other. And now I've seen tell your you why. one, and your one's like a tunnel. It's amazing. <laughs> it is, and it's, it's a low, low clearance as well. You can just about get your car through there. Yeah. So from a, a style point of view, it looks very cool. But yeah. I think no one does it, Chief, because effectively... It's the same piece of track on top of the same piece of track. So yes, it's yes. it's just another long straight. Yeah, and again, we'll reiterate that if you're not into slot car racing... Um, <laughs> get into it. Get into it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. but I, I really enjoyed uh, last the last show we did, and I, I it, it's not showing any signs of letting up for me, Chief. No, and like we, we caught up offline before this recording, and, you know, we probably converse or send messages on the daily on the daily 100 percent daily scale based 
And we've, yes. even, we've even started a new chat group on the WhatsApp to include your brother, so he's not feeling left out. Uh, now, that man is being bombarded <laughs> with two-minute track-based videos. Two nutters just... Um, Always the same, just sort of, ne- never actually racing anything. No. Just like really quiet, just, uh, yeah, this is what I'm, I've got planned. This is what I'm doing. Gonna do that straight there. That's the highlight of my day, though. And we spoke about this, that, that we have not done much racing, but the enjoyment and satisfaction levels for me are coming from that delivery coming through the door, unboxing it, setting up, just putting track together, um, yeah. you know, uh, making sure the track's clean, putting plans together, just the, the kind of yeah. building, the, the, the planning concept is what's really buzzing my berries. It's a totally creative process making a track. It's a completely blank canvas. And I'm interested to know if some people would find it difficult to design a track because back in the day I, I do remember it was fiddly to get stuff to to meet up but i don't know if it's just because i'm in the flow but it's happening very naturally i think you also also space was a bit of a limitation for us back in the day <laughs> no, now that's that we, true now that we've both got lofts that we're setting up our tracks in we can the design and and the creativity can flow a bit more but you're right do, you know there are a lot of people and there is a track designer out there where you can almost digitally plug your track in and see if it marries up but what we're kind of doing is just laying pieces of track and just plugging it in and hoping that at some point that is going to stitch up to the other end i heard a couple of screams and people are like these two nutters are talking about slot cars again (laughs) still 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 it's because they're so darn good so okay apart from scare electrics yes what's new um so Quick shout out to the mothership, uh, Miss uh, Janet uh, Chief's mum. Birthday was last, or would be two weeks ago now when this podcast goes live. So happy birthday to mother! What are you clocking in at these days? Uh, don't want to reveal the age, really. Um, okay, I can't. Um, but no, I can't remember to be honest. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, she, I had a funny conversation with her. So she phoned me up and she says, um, "Loving the podcast because she listens, as as does your mothership listen to the show." And she said, "Can you just?" Um, slow down when you're speaking you're speaking too quickly you know i'm struggling to hear a lot of the time okay as it turns out she listened to three podcasts on 1.5 speed chief i know this because my (laughs) mum rang me you've got to love the mums she's like now i've had jan on the phone she's like why is he talking so fast and my mum just said well you know he does talk fast doesn't he he does and i was like no mum she's on 1.5 it's clearly obvious yeah She's on 1.5. Yeah. Her, she didn't realise that it was sped up. She thought that was just us speaking fast. So she's that's efficient. So what's she making each episode? About 40 minutes? Yeah, she's, she's buzzing through them. But she's rectified that scenario now. So that's fine. And there you go. Um, wow. Does that ever appeal to you? 1.5? My podcast player also <laughs> has a button that that clips out dead dead air. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's really aggressive with it. Just any kind of silence, it jumps in. Okay, interesting. Not that I use it, but... Uh, no. Yeah. No. Uh, and I've not been up to much else other than you... I don't know, Scale Electrics might have to take a back seat because tomorrow I will be getting The Last of Us 2, launch day tomorrow, which will be, what, the 19th of June, and that is arriving through my door, and you may lose me for a couple of weeks. Okay, fair enough. Now, this is fascinating uh, from a character study point of view of The Chief because this is a modern game. Yes. On a contemporary console, 
Yes. And I know that the first one, uh, you know, hit your sweet spot just right in a way that lots of modern games that are similar just don't work for you. This one really spoke to you. Yeah, I top top ten, maybe even top five of all time. All what's platforms. the year for this for that first one, Chief? I think it was seven years ago, so twenty thirteen. I'm going to say. And did you go back and play the what was it HD version or the Redux? So I went back and played. Yes, I played that recently. I don't know how long ago. Five was months, it just five better, months ago? Better. What was it? It was uh, like an HD remake. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I played the. There was a little bit of bonus content as well, which I played. And that wasn't in preparation for number two because even though number two's been all over social media and pre-production for years now, yeah, years. I, d- I didn't know what the release date was. So when I went back and played the first one, you know, four or five months ago, I wasn't aware that June was when the second one was coming out. I just thought, you know, I really want to replay it, and I did. Is this exclusive to the uh, Sony? I think it's PlayStation, yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, I'm surprised that you never played it. I kept banging the drum on it back in the day. No, but... I know. You know what it's like, though, when you miss these massive pop culture things. I was like, oh, God, it's another massive game. And also, I do get scared <laughs> with these games. And I was like, oh, God, will I be able to get through it? I don't want to spend my nights being terrified. Oh, scared as in physically scared, mentally scared. Yeah, I had some rough times with uh, Silent Hill 2 when I was younger and pretty much scarred myself. Okay. And I know it's probably not quite as intense as Silent Hill from a horror point of view, is it? Or is no, it? I don't no, no, know. no, no, not at all. It's a, it's an action drama. It's not really that scary. There's a few bits, but it's oh, not a, a lot of creeping around. It's though. Not, no, but it's Jeez. not a horror. It's not a horror game. Okay. okay. Oh, so it's not. Is, so it, not. is there anything that would get you to play it or not? Uh, that's definitely made me more interested. I thought it was a lot of creeping around with a torch with bloody creatures after you no it's not a horror there are creatures in it but the story mm-hmm. is not based around horror it's about based around survival right yeah yeah because silent hill 2 the story was so messed up it just yeah, gets no, into it's, your you know if soul if that was like a nine out or ten out of ten for horror this is probably a 1.5 or a two yeah so let's face it when you look at most of these modern uh greatest games of all time i mean this this usually is number one, isn't it? Oh, really? I thought it was highly regarded, but I think I thought I thought since then it was oh. a bit disregarded. But I don't know. No uh, way. Okay, fine. All right. It, well, it, let's face it; it's a massive classic. I probably should play it. You probably should play it. Yeah. And this unusual for me, like you said, I, I paid full price. So I paid forty-five quid. I got it was fifty quid, but I got a five pound off voucher from Curry. So forty-five quid, which for me is, uh, you know, a lot of. Bucket. Okay. What level is? Are there level settings with this type of game? I would imagine so, yeah. yeah. And what will you do? I'll what did you do the first one on? On the replay, I did it on normal, or whatever the middle one was. I, I, yeah, because so they're now, meant to be played, aren't they? You don't... With these types of games, it's not really... They're not designed just to get stuck on one bit for days. They, no. They do you want you to just go through it at quite a natural pace. Yes, yeah. Um... So there, but also staying on the video game. Um, yeah, I want to stay on it because I've got some stuff to say. Yeah, I don't know if you want to play the retro gaming uh, jingle, retro replay. It's up to you. Um, you're the editor. It's time to game. It's time to play. Fire up the console with no delay. Man, that's tough. You'll hear us say it's Chief and Ben with retro replay. You messaged me very excited and jumping out your chair because you wanted me to buy Streets of Rage Four. 
Chief. I've been excited about this. So I'm, I'm so sure this was like a Kickstarter thing. I read about this a couple of years ago, saw some screenshots, and I just thought it was some kid in his garage had done like, I don't know, one level of what Streets of Rage might look like. And I, I kept tabs on it. I was like, no, this is a proper game. And I was like, oh, is this just a mobile game? Yep. And lo and behold, it's actually come out. It's on PS4, Switch, yes. PC. It's 25 quid. The soundtrack is banging. And I am so excited about playing it. It just looks you, so much fun. It's, cha- it's big on nostalgia. Well, you messaged um, me saying, you've got to buy this game and we'll play it. Because you can play it co-op online. You can. Um, and dude, have you seen the, re- the reviews are insane? Like, yes. Really now, positive reviews. Now, I watched, you said, watch the trailer, watch the trailer. So I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, uh, you know. well, before watching the trailer, I was like, all right, yeah, uh, Streets of Rage Well, you 4. have to love Streets of Rage. I mean, Now, I'll tell you what, what really kind of informed my decision was my man S-Jub7, on, uh, my co-host on Talking Joe, uh, Stephen Jubber, and I said to him, because he's just completed with his wife a playthrough of Streets, Lang. Of Rage, Streets of Rage 3. Yeah. Well, he's playing Bare Knuckle 3, sorry, he's playing the Japanese version. Yep. And he said it's horrendously hard. But, you know, especially uh, his good wife, Dr. Kim, she was, you know, really wanted to keep playing and keep playing. And, and then because he got a higher score than her, she wanted to play again to beat his score. But anyway, mm-hmm. he was on to Streets of Rage 3. So I said to him, fancy Streets of Rage 4? Uh, no. He's like, it's not a retro game. That kind of informed me and I was thinking, yeah, I don't want to play a modern take on a retro game. So I actually don't want to play this game. Really? Did no. it not get you excited? And the trailer did not inspire me at all. I thought it looked, it didn't look that visually impressive. Well, no, it's, well, no, it's not visually impressive. It's just trying to pull on your nostalgia pangs. No, but That's all it made me want to do is play Streets of Rage 2. Why, would I, why do I need to play Streets of Rage 4? I've got that game in Streets of Rage 2. Yeah, well, I, I think you'd feel differently if you played it. They don't make games like that anymore. And I just think it's a, it would be a non-clunky version. Plus, it has got Streets of Rage 1, 2 and 3 in it. Oh, as is well. it? Okay. You can't bring me down on that. I, I'm going to be well, playing the heck out of that this weekend. There you and go. also, I actually just this, I just want it for the soundtrack because right. I love that type of music. I might make you a deal. I might make you a deal here. I will play that if you play Last of Us. Well, let me just chew my apple on that. Yeah, um, okay. Because you can probably pick up Last of Us, you know, fairly cheapish now. Uh, a digital copy. The first you got one. yourself a deal, my friend. Oh, shit, the bed. I think you weren't going to say that. All right. <laughs> You got yourself a deal. All right, all right, we're dealing. Deal, You've deals. thrown down the gauntlet and I've picked it up. Deals are being done on this show. Believe it, people. I'll tell you what, man. I've, all, I've already contacted the guy that did the score for Streets of Rage. Have you? And asked him if I could use the track that he did for the trailer in some content I'm doing. Oh, um, okay. I'm hoping he gets back to me and lets me do it. So okay. watch this Base. Any 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 tidbits on what this content might be or not, or is it all under wraps? Uh, it's actually really really exciting, and it's something that I haven't shot. It's for someone else, so oh, it's a personal yeah, it's a personal project, space. but not for you, or is it work work? No, no, no. It's still just for my um, Ben Flying Retro, but it's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, and because of lockdown I can't actually go and film the footage okay but I've asked for this guy to film some stuff and he sent me a load of stuff and I'm going to put it together 
and it's going to be great. I'm really pumped. All right, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Okay, good. So time. that's the catch up. Oh, hang on a minute. Yep. I want to do some Battlefront banter. Whoa, Nelly. Last weekend, me and Chief had a really great session on Battlefront 2. Yeah, and it with... was, it was uh, before we, we reveal who we played with, it was a bit out of the blue because you had kind of said with Animal Crossing coming into your house, Battlefront 2 was pretty much a thing of the past now. Now I know no, Animal Crossing's dead to me, mate. I haven't played it in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that'd happen. I ain't got time for fishing when I've got Streets of Rage 4 to play. And Skelectric's track to build and buy. Exactly. Um, but yes, you're right. Uh, we, we had You said, let's have a Battlefront session. I was like, oh, yeah, why not? Well, let's do it. So me and you went on, and then we put the call out to you know, a couple of our buddies, or a couple of my buddies. And, and they answered the call. And they answered the call, and it was the Seddon Brothers, Mark and Peter. They jumped on. We had a four-way uh, co-op session. Now, Chief's always talking about these Seddon brothers. He's always coming up, the Seddon boys, the Seddon boys. And it was uh, thoroughly nice to kind of meet them and just hang out with them for uh, for an evening and play some Battlefront 2. It was yeah, great. Yeah. I had a blast. We did, so we did the co-op mode, didn't we, where it's us four versus uh, ever-increasing squads and swarms of enemies. Yeah, and I swear someone's gone in and recoded the game because the the enemy were ragdolling off the screen. <laughs> it was incredible, flying around, winding down the windows. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I think we only won one game. Yeah, I tried to send multiple hacker reported messages, but you can't send it to AI controlled people. No, but yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, you know, maybe we'll do it again, and if you know. Maybe some of the, the Patreons, maybe they want to jump on with a session for us. There you go, that's another incentive to, to join up the Patreon account. You get to play Battlefront 2 with us. Yeah, I was going to record some of the audio of us playing Battlefront 2 because it's quite a funny, right. quite a funny sesh. Cola Chaos. Chief, last show, we closed out a very famous segment yes. called Cola Chaos. We did. But you fudged the numbers. Did you I fudge the figures? Yeah, you didn't have them to oh, hand. I didn't have, no, you're right. I didn't have them. But now in this episode, I did post up on the social media on the Instagram site um, our final top fives. Did you see that okay. post or not? Yeah, I saw that post, but I want to hear it from the chief's okay, mouth. Fine. So, do you want you want just the top fives or do you want the whole list? No, top fives, chief. Okay, top five. So it's quite telling, and I don't know if this start with five, obviously, I, for I, gravitas I, I, I um, had more colas than you over the course of the thing, but it's quite telling what we chose, so in fifth position for you was Pepsi Max Cherry with 7 out of 10 it's a solid, seven, solid seven cola bangs. and I in joint fourth with 7.5 seven and, seven and fizz bangs was Fentiman's Cola and Selecto for the chief Selecto. Yep. Nice. Then in third place for you was Diet Strawberry Coke, and for me was Fentanyl. Whoa, whoa! Why are you going to third? What about fourth? Sorry, for fourth for you was Pepsi Max. <laughs> Pepsi this guy. Sorry, Pepsi Max Raspberry, seven point five fizzbangs. We're never getting out of this segment. No. Uh, in third place for you, Diet Strawberry Coke, eight fizzbangs. For me, Fentanyl's Cherry, eight fizzbangs. In second place for you, Vanilla Coke, eight fizzbangs. For me, Fever Tree Cola with eight fizzbangs. Okay, let's hear it. And the top choice for you, Coca-Cola Classic, 10 Fizzbangs, and for Chief, Whole Earth Cola, 9 Fizzbangs. Wow, that Whole Earth, that was the last week's or whatever, wasn't it? It was the last one. So on my list, there is no Coke and no Pepsi, and your list is only Coke and only Pepsi. 
Okay, Chief. Well, now it's time for a new segment. Um, what is it? Sour Sensations. Oh, yeah. Oh, macho man. You know he loved a sour. Yeah, he So, did. Chief, what's the goal? What are we doing? So, here we are buying and opening and consuming sour sweets. Now, I have... It's been known from back in the day that I'm a big fan of the sour and... You know, I thought there's a lot out. There. I was perusing the shelves, and I was well, just I was, quickly. What do you like about it? The sour sweet. I like the now. Uh, I think it was the intenseness. My of mum's it. cousin always used to have these apples that were really sour, and she'd be like, her eyes would be going. She said, "Oh, you got a winky one there. You got a winky one." And I quite like right. that. Quite like that from the sour sweet. I like it where your eye twitches and your lips curl up, just like yeah. That's that's the sign of a good sour, isn't it? Your face contorts because you actually can't handle it yes now i i imagine at some point i will be having something like a haribo tang fastic don't have that today but mm-hmm. they changed the recipe on those and they went from being good and my man parky that i used to work with in blockbuster video he was a big tang fastic fan and he will attest to this we used to love mm-hmm. those and they were a little bit winky they changed the recipe and nothing you know absolutely bland so i sent a letter about letter to mr haribo complaining about this and i never got a reply but anyway that's just you know so what i'm trying to get out of this is i am gauging these and we need something so we had fizz bangs previously what are we going to give these well just keep going i think it's going to come organically it might be winkies maybe Um, shove a few in your gob so what i'm saying is i'm looking for a high winky count um of of real sourness i'm but i'm gauging on taste and sourness to give my final score appearance uh Textures, no, no, nothing. No, just uh, t- you know, taste and sourness is my two things. So, okay, start- what are you kicking us off with? Starting off here, and we'll post these pictures up on the socials. Candy kittens, sour watermelons, gourmet sweets. Where'd you get them from? Picked up these from the shelves of Sainsbury's, in fact. Okay, a hundred eight gram bag. It's a big one. I can't consume all these. Let's open them up. Oh, smell as well. Oh yeah, what's your sample oh. size? Did you just chuck a few in. Yeah, I'll have a couple. It smells great. Shape is in like a cat's head. I'll take a picture. Let's have a go. Stay with us, guy. Very, very <laughs> jelly. Very jelly. Um, oh, a lot of gelatine. Okay. Taste. Um, getting a hint of watermelon. Sourness. Zero. Yeah, but I bet you're quite um, hardened. Tolerant. So it take a lot. So I had, I tell you, just going to jump jump forward. I'm hoping I can get from Mrs. Sim's Sweet Shop, although she's probably closed. I don't know if she's considered a food outlet or essential, but there's a chain of shops called Mrs. Sim's, and they sell these things called Mega Sour Black Death Sweet oh. Sweets. And this is no word of a lie. I swear on everyone's life, and he'll attest to this, Tom Robbo Roberton. I took one of these to work many years ago. He had one. It was so sour... His contact lens. A&E. His contact lens fell out in front Whoa. of me. In front of me, I'm, I'm, his eye is winking and like the tear the tear duct. He's just blinking went. and it went and it just popped out of his eye. Yeah. So I'm trying That's to get a great I'm, yarn. I can get some of them, but um, overall, this sour watermelon gourmet sweet. I'm giving it. It's poor. I'm giving it three three winkies. Three winkies. Yeah. Wow. All right then, chief. So I'm up for this. Yep, so got? I got some veggie Colin the Caterpillar fruit sours. I'm going to tell you now, he, they are not going to be sour. He is what he eats. Open these up. 
Ah. Oh my god, they smell incredible. They're massive. They're going in. Oh, ma'am. Yeah? Um, that Winky is a mother. Oh, I love oh. it. This is great segment. <laughs> for me and you. No, that's just, that's just, that's just perfect for me. I don't want to, I don't want to have a seizure. No, this is good. This is good. This is prime info that I'm after. So now I can go out and buy a packet of those. And if you're saying this is perfect, I'll sample that and I know what your level is. This is perfect. Mm. Great. Because they're very, that is very light on the sour and it, it goes pretty quick and then you're just left with the traditional Colin the Caterpillar. Right. Um, but, it, you know, it Good. hits you instantly and then it goes and that's fine. I know that I'll be sampling stuff that is going to be way more intense than that, but so delicious. I mean, yeah. another one's going in now. Yeah. I'm going, oh, through, I'm going through this whole bag, but... but what are you saying? Can can I can I just? Oh yeah, what's your fizz bang? No, not your fizz bang. What's your winky? Stay with us, guy. Stay with <laughs> us. It's a new segment. <laughs> now, I don't want to do it on the strength of the sour. I want to do it on the enjoyment of the sour. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm doing. So that's, I'm what, go... that's what my overall score was three. I'm going to go three. That's rancid. So I'm going to go seven winkies. Okay, he set his stall out high there. Um, this is a great segment. <laughs> Listen, we are sugared up, soured up. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about some movies we watched. So, I've been frustrated because I've been trying to gain on you, but you sort of keep bloody hanging on in there. Like you keep saying you're going to have a dry spell, but you, I am watching more than you, but. You're persistent. I'm not doing anything special, really. But No, you're not, but you're just keeping me at bay. Now, I've really enjoyed your... Just let's get your diary up, because there's some really... I really enjoyed what you watched. Okay, so um, where did we where did we leave off last week? Lost Boys we left off with. Yeah, I'm just getting your diary up. I've got, um, I've got it here. <clears throat> okay, just whiz through them, and then right, I'll, I'll talk fine. about the ones I want to talk so, about. So, I watched No Country for Old Men. Oh, yeah, because you're loosely doing a Coen Brothers thing? Trying to do a Coen Brothers thing. Three and a half stars. Uh, really enjoyed it. Would have been four stars, but I needed more of a conclusive ending. Okay. Uh, then I watched Bugs Life because the kid only ever watches My Little Pony the movie. That's the only... And sometimes Moana and sometimes Frozen. But I saw this and it made me get excited because I remember really liking it and I was like, Indy, watch Bugs Life and she loved it. Yeah, so I was trying to broaden horizons. So You probably prefer Ants, came out at a similar time. Um, yeah. Woody Allen. Woody Allen slides in it, isn't he? Um, I gave mm. it a three stars. Not quite as good as I remembered because it doesn't look as polished and the it, there's a little bit too much violence in it for a kid's film yeah what is it with you and violence no man? I just think it, I didn't think it was appropriate for kids just that massive grasshopper violence saying they're going to kill ants and stuff like that I didn't think it was no, appropriate no kids have got to learn kids have got to learn uh, next film god knows what made you put this on uh, Cowboys and Aliens 2011 Favreau Craig. now this was it was just on uh, every now and again Friday Saturday night I scour up and down the Virgin Media channels 
around <laughs> 9, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Not to watch there and then, but just to record and watch at a later date. And this was on. Never seen it before, so I thought I'd record that. Daniel Craig, I don't know why he ever attempts to do an American accent, because it's awful. And mm-hmm. Harry Ford is in this. Um, well, yeah, not two stars, just not exciting. Big budget was meant to be was massive, it? tanked. Hmm. Was it a big budget? Okay. Uh, then I watched Passengers. What's wrong with you? Now, uh, I, I had a, listeners who also listened to Talking Joe, um, a couple of weeks ago you'll have heard me, or one week ago you'll have heard me chew out SJub7 for this, because he re- watched it and gave it four stars. Now, I thought the critics panned this, so if he's given it four stars, and I respect that guy's opinion, I thought I'd give this a go. And I watched it and I was like, no, this is... No, he's stoned there. Yeah, he was he was off his rocker there because... And I, I watched it on a plane, but... Oh, you've seen it? Oh, my God. It's actually one of the worst films I've ever seen. Well, it just didn't go where I wanted it to go. And I mentioned to s Look so, at the poster, Chief. Yeah, I thought it was going to turn out to be The Shining in space. I thought he was going to turn out to be a mass murderer. Oh, and come it was, off it. It was going to be a stalk, him stalking her around the ship, but it, Chief, it wasn't that. no. Not with those actors. That was a classic case of, uh, I think she just won the Oscar or he was big. They put the two biggest actors in a film together and put them on a poster. Yep. That is that film. Okay, yes. Um, Horrendous. Yeah, don't bother watching that, people. Then I watched um, Tombstone. You went on a White Earp sort of mission. Went on, a, yeah, well, actually, yeah, a lot of, lot of um, connections here because I watched a Kurt Russell movie and then I watched another one later and I watched two White Earp movies. So I watched Tombstone to start with. Now, I, I've probably only ever seen this once before, I think. Same. 1993, and it definitely wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Kurt Russell's good. Val Kilmer's excellent as Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday. Fantastic, probably career performance. And it suffered from being a little bit too long and a little bit too boring for the first hour and a quarter at least. I remember it being quite boring. Yeah, just not. It's, I, I thought Although. I thought it was just going to be big gunfights and shootouts and stuff like that. But two and a half stars. Didn't regret watching it, but I can't see that I'd ever watch it again. Then if I thought, thought that was boring. Then I thought if I'm watching that, I got to watch the Kevin Costner version, which came out a year later in 1994. It's just self-titled White Up. Holy ball bags! This was widely regarded as the most boring film ever made. Really, because this is three yep. hours ten, and it got me thinking. This guy likes long movies. Dances with Wolves must be three hours plus. Postman is probably Postman. three hours. Waterworld's three hours, and it, I actually started thinking I'm going to watch all those three as well. Well, you've got problems, man. So this is—I gave this one and a half stars because it's such a slog. The direction is not great. The the acting isn't that good. the The action scenes are just Why badly he keep filmed. Directing himself. Oh, did he direct this? Yeah, and the and Waterworld and Postman and uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about indulgence. It's so boring. And there's a very 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 stark contrast here between the white up you see in Tombstone, in which from a historical point in, of view, in, just in terms of the way they're portrayed, because yeah, I don't know which one is mm. accurate. In Tombstone, Kurt Russell plays white up. Very much as a a good guy, and he's a you know he's he falls around a little bit, so he's not much of a family man, but he's he's someone you can rely on, a good guy and a good egg or whatever. But in Wyatt Earp, Costner plays Wyatt Earp as a bit of a scumbag, and he's not really a hero at all, um, which is right, very okay. interesting, very very differing. That's a hard sell, isn't it? And yeah, uh, it got me thinking as well. What's um um. I can't even think what I was going to say. 
Something about no Costner with with Costner, and he's making these three hour plus epics. How big a Hollywood star was he? I was really intrigued massive. to kind of find that out. And but what made him that massive star? Was there one or two movies that put him on the map of Hollywood A lists? Uh, yes, they, I guess he'd already won the Oscar for you know Dances with Wolves. He won like Best Actor, Best Director, Best Film. Right. But so was that sweep the board? That was about ninety one, I think. But before that, was he a big shot? And no, but he was in a lot of it. Was it? Was it like No Way Out? He was in lots, lots of sort of dramas. Okay. I mean, he Untouchables. Was a man. That was eighty nine, yeah. I think. Was it? Yeah. But then he suddenly went off the rails and started making these three hour plus movies. But yeah, then he disappeared. It killed him, and then he just disappeared. Yeah, just intriguing he? character. I'm, I'm going to Google him and look at look up a bit more about his career. But um, mm. yeah, then I went on and watched American Psycho which I gave three and a half stars on any other Love day. That, that could be a four-star movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that's career best, Christian Bale. Yep. Fantastic movie. And obviously a lot of nostalgic pangs there. And then I watched Tequila Sunrise, which we're oh. obviously going to dig into a little bit deeper. And yeah. I actually gave that two stars. You gave it three stars, but we'll, we'll talk about why a little bit later. Yeah, so I kicked off with the big short. Just just a which... just a button there that puts me on 116 for the year. Okay, well done. <laughs> uh, so I kicked off with the big short. Um I love that film. Very good film. Then I did Tequila Sunrise. Then I started wanting to sort of watch that period of of Mel Gibson. So I put on Air America, Ooh. which is which I've seen the trailer to more than any other film because every VHS tape I had in my collection had the trailer for Air America on it. Yeah, I've never and seen I've it never, either. I've never seen it. And um, it's, as you always say, Chief, not a regretful watch, but a pretty weird film. A very young Robert Downey Jr. in it. Right. Um, but it is nowhere near an equal to Mel Gibson. It's... That there's not, there's no sort of buddy chemistry there. Uh, then I watched Maverick, which I remember loving, yeah. and I still do. What a fun film, Chief! James really Garner, film. Jodie Foster, Mel Gibbo. Great cast. Uh, so I think it's Richard. Is it Richard Donner? Same dude that did Lethal Weapon. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a great scene where he puts Danny Glover in there robbing a bank, and they. The, the lethal weapon music comes in and they sort of look at each other do they wicked yeah it's very cool then i watched glen gary glen ross which i i do i do love that mm, could have given that four stars actually gave it three and a half right fantastic dialogue heavy film about uh salesman have you seen it i have a lot i had it on vhs i, I saw it a long long time ago but only once i've seen it oh, i can't remember good. and then uh, I don't know why this got on my radar. Why did it? I don't know. But uh, Sam Raimi's The Quick and the Dead, which I used to watch a lot, and it's still brilliant. A fantastic cast. You gave this four uh, very stars. Young, yeah, very young Leo. Uh, Gene Hackman just being incredible. Sharon Stone, uh, Russell Crowe's first ever film. All right. It's brilliant. Have you even seen it? I want to say yes, but I don't think I ha- I think I've seen bits. Maybe it was on TV, lo- you know, 20 years Such ago. Such a simple and I just caught premise. a few bits of it, but no, no but now I'm, I'm intrigued to watch it because I've done a yeah, couple of just, those it's... westerns and now I want to watch another one. So 
yeah, it's just a gunslinging uh, film, but it's it's really like leaning into um, hardcore Western like codes and conventions, like, and like, yeah. every trope is in there. It's brilliant. Uh, then I watched Whiplash, which is the film about drumming. Oh yes, yeah, quite quite stressful, man. The the oh, who who's the the teacher in it, Chief? Who is uh, what's his name in Spider Man? Um, yeah, he's good. It's uh, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, he's fantastic, but so intimidating and scary, and it's actually a really uncomfortable watch. Then oh, it's got Burke from Aliens in it. Yep, yep, he's the dad. Then I watched Backdraft because oh. I wanted some young Kurt Russell, oh. and again, it's just. I, that guy is so good, and I always feel like he was on the edge of Hollywood. Like he's a big star, yes. but he never quite made it to that next level of like leading man, did he? Didn't have, didn't have one. You know, he had loads of great roles, like you said. Yes, but never had that one breakout Hollywood smash number one box office movie. No, that that, that was his own. Yes, yes, because yes, um, he's obviously co-starring great, here. Great cast in this. I, I, Forget every time that De Niro is in this. Oh right, yeah, of course, yeah. As the uh, like fire inspector guy, yeah. that's kind of, and then Donald Sutherland's in it as well. Yep. Um, it's a great flick, Billy man. Baldwin, yeah. yeah. And then I, th- I don't know why I watched this. I was like, I've got a hankering to watch a volcano movie. Okay. And they didn't have volcano, and I was like, oh, they've got that other one, Dante's Peak. Now I've seen uh, neither of these. Awful. Okay. Uh, well, who wants to watch Pierce Brosnan if, if he's not Bond? He's just really dull. Yeah, but you're going to watch that <laughs> um, every day over Wyatt Earp, I tell you. Yeah, probably. It's just, and it's also got uh, Linda Hamilton in it. And Correct. again, if I'm not she's being not fighting mean, Terminators, I'm not in. Exa- dude, <laughs> if she ain't running away from Terminators, I'm out. Yeah, and that concludes uh, my letterbox. Yes. So that puts me. On 113. Correct. So you're still trailing by three, but let's not forget Last of Us 2 is arriving tomorrow. So okay, you should make inroads there. So Chief, it's time for our brand new segment. It's VHS Rewind. Sure is. The 80s and 90s are the Yadda Thomas playground. playground. Fast cars, big guns, neon lights that make us spellbound. spellbound. So grab your time machine or your DeLorean. DeLorean. It's time for you to be a VHS historian. Historian. It's VHS Rewind, your lips are smacking. VHS Rewind, now don't be slacking. VHS Rewind, adjust your tracking now. The federal government swears you're doing business in here. I'm not, not here or anywhere else, and you couldn't catch me if I was trying to sandbags. Well, what do you think? What do you think's going on here, well, Nick? maybe there's something me. you don't want me to know about. Now, how are we treating it this evening, Mr. McKeezy? What is it, Nick? You need some chapstick or something? Because your lips keep getting stuck on your teeth. Or is that your idea of a smile? Let's not discuss my business or his business or your business, okay? But that leaves us with nothing to talk about. Well, your friend's not going to get away with what he's gotten away with for 15 years. My phones have funny little noises on them. You're setting me up, Nick. So if I asked you out, maybe you'd accept. Dating is not a criminal activity, Mr. McCusick. I think your profession has clouded your judgment here. I probably have to bust my friend if I'm going to do my job. And I hate that. You're a bad boy, Nick. 
You're a very bad boy. I didn't mean to hurt you. Just looking at you hurts more. You were in the wrong place at the wrong time! You lied to me. You wouldn't shoot me over money. Oh, that's a lot of money. What's it gonna be, Nick? Gibson, Michelle Pfeiffer, Kurt Russell, Tequila Sunrise, Raul Julia, written and directed by Robert Town. This segment is basically all about either classic films from our childhood, 80s, 90s, uh, obviously released on VHS, basically us organically choosing a film that's come up naturally through through conversation in this show or maybe through patreon yes yes uh, so and no... we stumbled across we sort of stumbled across tequila sunrise for some reason in in last last show yeah, i don't know yeah. why there's, there's no pre-planning here we're not setting out a schedule of the next 10 movies we're going to cover like you said it's just going to be organic out of a conversation and we both thought, oh yeah let's watch that and talk about that so yeah you stumbled across this tequila sunrise now i can't I'm aware of the movie. Again, it seemed to feature on quite a few VHS trailers, but yeah. I'm not sure if I'd ever seen it before I watched You're it You're a today. very bad boy. That was on the trailer. Yeah. Um, had you watched it before? Damn straight I watched it before. Right. As a horny little kid. Right. Watching Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. That was my... Yeah. Wait a minute. I got a goddamn sour in my... <laughs> I, I smashed my packet. Mine's gone already. Wow, you must have been hitting that mute button. No, I was chomping on the air. Oh, wait a minute. Let's have a look at the sugar. Why you? Why you finish that off? Uh, so this is 108 yeah. grams. So I've consumed 58 grams of sugar there. That's oh nice. That's, that's I'll get good, isn't yeah. It? Okay. Yeah. So Michelle Pfeiffer, I was like, that's what a woman is. That's what a woman looks like. Yes. And I was like, right, I've got to find one of those in middle school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tough. <laughs> you're not Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. No. So when I slapped it on, I thought to myself, initially I was like, um, first thing I thought was, wow, in the 80s, people loved massive font size on the opening credits. Yes. As a se- I, I want to run this parallel with this segment. I want to find officially the largest font in an 80s and 90s film. Okay. Now this was quite big. It kind of... I don't know, I'm going to get the measuring tape out, but I was like, <laughs> my goodness, that's a big font. Yes. But initially I was like, okay, I'm liking this. It's nighttime. It's quite sort of noirish. Um, a little bit hard to follow initially, which sometimes I like. I was like, okay, they're not spoon feeding me. I was like, there's these two guys. They're obviously friends. One's a cop and one is a former big hitting kind of drug dealer. Yep in LA and that's played by Mel Gibson but he's apparently kind of gone straight and it all centers around this this restaurant that Michelle Pfeiffer runs yeah which I quite like they just sort of keep turning up there and having little scenes and stuff um was it a bit too meandering for you now I like I say I maybe I did watch it when it came out a long time maybe not when it came out but soon after it came out but I couldn't remember anything about it and I was kind of expecting more of an, not an action-adventure movie, but I was kind of expecting a lot more gunplay. And, oh, so I was glad that we didn't get that. And for me, I found it just a little bit boring. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like you, found it hard to follow. And I don't think even when it concluded, I really knew what had happened. 
No? I thought uh, so, it got simpler so, as it went so on. So wait a minute, G- Gibbo was still drug dealing, yeah? Um, no, not really. He was retired. He didn't no, but I thought at the end to do anything. I thought at the end he's got the, the cop who's actually Carlos in his house doing a deal. Oh, dude, can we no? talk about him? Raul Julia. What's his name? Raul Julia? Yeah. Dude, he's amazing. He's yeah. so good in this. So are they not but doing a drug deal out in, t- in his house? Um, te- yeah, technically they are. I, ca- I, I guess he is still doing it. Well, I don't know. Or is he, do- or is he, he not he wants doing to, it? You no, know, he wants to get out. He's being forced into it, isn't he? He's got no choice, Chief. Okay. i tell you what this He's did have. No choice. It gave me some Lethal Weapon vibes because there's a few scenes there where they start playing the jazz. and Yeah, that's what I liked about the, it. The soundtrack was very Lethal Weapon-y. Yeah, lots of night shots. Um... Kurt Russell slicking back the hair in this. Slicking back with beeswax. With the big cigarettes, yeah. He's, Smoking uh, a lot of <laughs> sort of filterless white cigarettes. Yeah, cigarellos or whatever they're called, yeah. And they're both just fighting over Michelle Pfeiffer. There's a fantastic, uh, really stylized sunset shot of Kurt Russell and Mel Gibson having a conversation uh, on, the on the swings. Santa Monica swings. Yeah. Which just would not fly today because it would be people would think that that was cheesy. But I mean, I thought it looked incredible. Yeah, I thought performances here were, were great. You know, all, all the leads especially did really well with Kurt Russell was fantastic. Yeah, he, he was really good great in it. lines. He was really good in it. Um, yeah, I don't know something about it. I, I can't think that I'd ever watch it again. It just didn't. I don't think it pulled me in, and I think my confusion just drew me out of it as well yeah because because uh, because kurt russell he he's now the narcotics guy on on the scene and obviously his mate is ex-drug dealer and there's a lot of people who still think he's dealing drugs but does he doesn't want to put him away he wants him to is he is he hoping he's not dealing so he doesn't have to bust him or does he want to bust him no man he does not want to bust him because he's after carlos yeah right correct Got another sour. Yeah, I hear it. Mum. <laughs> yeah. Now, where do I get grammage? On the back of the pack. Um, 170 grams. Yeah, but then tell me what the what the content of sugar is per hundred. 56. 56 per hundred. Yes, yeah, so mum is 58 per hundred. So, uh, but you've obviously had. If you're not going to smash the whole pack, are you? Are you talking about the bit where it says of which sugars? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You're, yeah, but you're not doing the whole pack. Can you stop? It's impossible, isn't it? <laughs> All right, so let's say you do the whole pack. You'd have done 56 plus 70% of 56. So let's take off about 18. Um, so that's about 38 and 56. is about, by my maths, about 94 grams of sugar you'll have had compared to my 58. So, yeah, you win that round. Because I don't really eat sweets like this, so this is gonna, I won't be able to sleep. I might actually be able to read Shadows of Empire. <laughs> or at least two paragraphs. Uh, yeah. Listen, back to Tequila so Sunrise. I, look, so I, I do, I love all the speedboat stuff, and 
There was one scene in there that I was like, wow, that wouldn't fly today. They, where they have a comedy Mel Gibson scene. basically says, uh, I'm going to smack you one oh, <laughs> to Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She keeps saying that she, she loves him. And he's like, how about this? I'll smack you one if you say yeah, it but, again. Yeah, but I thought he was saying it tongue-in-cheek, like he wasn't really going to do it. Well, no, I mean, I think, I think even saying that tongue-in-cheek is... Right. Mm, and But then precarious. later on on that boat, he set the boat up to effectively blow up when Carlos... Love that! When Carlos gets on the boat, and then they have a big chat, and he's almost changed, he changes so his mind. No, he does! And then he uh, Carlos pulls the gun on him, and he's going to shoot him, and... Gibbo turns the gun around and ends up shooting Carlos. And then there's a weird bit because it almost turns into a comedy because Carlos is then slumped over and he's almost acting like, hey, I, you know, I'm feeling a bit funky here and it's all a bit buddy-buddy and it didn't, didn't really fly with me. Oh, it did to me because I felt that like they had history and I also I loved it when he's doubling as the Mexican version of the FBI yes, yeah. and they're monitoring the house yeah. and Gibson is in the jacuzzi with Pfeiffer. Yeah. He bursts in. And he's like, "Oh my god, you fucked like a champ!" <laughs> and and he's got two walkie-talkies, and he's like, yeah. "I speak into the wrong one, and it's fifty years." Yeah, <laughs> he is brilliant, and it made me think of. I actually went down the well with him, looking at other films that he's done. And his last film he did was um, he was M. Bison in Street Fighter. Oh, was that his last movie? And it, it, one of his big ones was uh, Adam's Family. Obviously, Adam's Family. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was fantastic in this. Another good bit was the bants between Kurt Russell and the FBI douche. Oh, JT Walsh, and yeah. Kurt Russell's well chuffed that he's got a promotion and he's choosing the carpet for his office. <laughs> and he's, every time it goes to his office, he's he's taking delivery of like a cappuccino machine. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You, like, you like cappuccino? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I, I probably should have given this three and a half. I actually did like it and I thought... There was things in it from how it was made that I would actually like to watch again. So, right, okay. I might have actually bought this to watch it, or did I rent it? I can't remember. I love the poster, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Poster's Post, really poster's good. good. Poster's good. It didn't. It didn't do very well, though. It's kind of a forgotten, lost film. Yeah. I can see why. It's not very. Uh, what's the word? It's not very accessible, is it? No, it's very. It's not, and it's kind of hard to put it into a specific genre. Because you're right. There's no action. There's zero action. Yeah. There's no gunplay. It's just a drama. Um, it's isn't it? not a full-on sort of romance. It's yeah. It's strange. Yeah. Um, so actually, I'm just reading. Let's let's look at the numbers for this. So it says here for his first directorial project in six years, Robert Town selected a time-worn romantic triangle yarn. Mm. So I don't know Robert Town what else he's done. Not a lot. I think he's written a lot. Okay, but um, let's look at the Rotten Tomatoes. Do you want to have a guess here what the critics said and what the audience said? Um. What, I reckon, what, 60% and then, yeah, maybe 50% audience? Uh, 40 for both. Wow. There you go. Uh, let's look at what it did at the box office. So this had a... Have I got the budget here? Um, no, I don't have the budget. It did 41 million gro- uh, domestic. was not released international. What? You keep saying that. So same was True Romance. So that yep. did not come out UK cinema. Correct. And then if we look at its release in the US 1988, uh, it came 41st on the list of highest box office movies of 1988. Want to have a stab at the top top three of 1988? Hmm. 
I'm going to need help. You're going to need help. Yes. So we've got uh, the first one is a. Oh, let's do number three. Number three is a comedy with a, a comedian who's dead. Uh, do, 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 dead. 1988. Probably his most famous role. John Candy. Nope. His other most famous role might be as a voice actor in a Disney movie. Nope, not ringing any bells. I've had too much sugar. Okay, uh, this movie is set in Southeast Asia. Nope. Okay, Keep going. Okay, this movie is set in Vietnam. Ah! Um, good morning, Vietnam! Yeah. Did you say that's his most, most prominent role? No, not anymore. Okay. All right, what would you say? It Probably is? Miss Doubtfire. I don't know. Okay, yeah, Miss Doubtfire maybe. I was thinking of Aladdin as, as another one. Um, number two movie here is a comedy. It's with uh, an actor who's still very much alive. Been making shit comedies for a long time now. Eddie Murphy. Yep, there you go. Movie. Mm, coming to America. Correct. I'm surprised that was the number two box office movie of the year, actually, to be honest. Well, you bet you are with the three stars you gave yeah. it. You <laughs> daft and number one is another comedy. Or it's a kind of... It's a comedy, action, partially animated movie. Partially animated? What? Yeah, yep. it's live action mixed. Partially? Live action mixed with animation. Oh, yeah, good film. Um, who Framed Roger, Roger Rabbit? There you go, number one. 156 million uh, at the box office. That film was huge, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Is it good? I, I'd watch that again. I think I'd watch that again, yeah. yeah. I think I remember you quite liking that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's got, um, what's his name? It's got Doc uh, in it, hasn't it? Christopher Lloyd, yeah. Oh, I tell you what, um, I've got some good Doc Brown hair going on at the moment. You have. Sent you an image. You have. Yeah. It looks really good. Don't cut it. Okay, all right, fine. I'll post that up on the socials. Uh, Chief with the Doc Brown haircut. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good <laughs> stuff, good stuff. Okay, well, that closes out VHS Rewind. Stay tuned for the next show where we'll be popping in another big VHS. Yeah, yeah, we will. Into our imaginary... We will. Uh, another, th- another thing that kind of sprang up organically is we've we've covered a few spotlight segments of our console gaming which was you know probably the formative or not the formative but the main bulk of our early gaming but before that we did actually do some pre-console gaming and we were chatting offline and we said yeah let's let's discuss that and hash it out so let's let's break into some pre-console gaming chat is this our spotlight it is our spotlight i'm more alive than ever Commodore 64 lets you play hundreds more games than any video machine, plus draw, program, even do music. I'm more alive than ever before, and my friends are knocking down my door. Cause now we're into so much more, we're into a Commodore 64. Nice. Pre-console gaming. Well, that only means one thing to me, yes. and that means the Commodore 64. Yes. Now, because I will point out that I had a Spectrum, but what one two eight? I had a Spectrum one two eight K, and I'm just, I'm just again, I'm fascinated. You know, the chief loves numbers and a spready. Uh, I'm just going to give you some numbers here. So the ZX eighty one came out in nineteen eighty one, retailed at seventy quid. Never had that too early. The BBC Micro came out in nineteen eighty one, retailed for three hundred thirty five quid. Now I remember using one of these at school to play a game where you had to sell ice creams on an ice cream stand and you basically had the weather forecast for the day and how many customers you were going to get and you had to price your ice cream right and then people would come and how many how much profit did you make 
Wow. Uh, then the ZX Spectrum, uh, which had the spongy keys, that came out in 1982, retailed at 125 quid. Then the C64, like you mentioned, 1982, £350 retail. Oh my God, my, my gams. I'm foaming at the gams from the sours, dude. <laughs> oh my God, my saliva. I'm tweaking. Yeah, man. I'm actually tweaking. Yeah. Yeah. This is better than alcohol. <laughs> is this what sugar is? This is what sugar is. It gives you a high and it gives you a big low. Oh, well, that's all right. It's good. That, the low will come at bedtime. So the C64 now is the big brown bugger yes. was the 1982 one, which you had, but which we, me and my brother, never had. We hopped on in 1986, which was when they released the Commodore 64C, uh. which was effectively the same but repackaged yes. in a, a sort of a nicer, more modern now, style. How did we convince the parentals to fork out three hundred quid on a home computer for which we never used any of the actual keys on the machine? On the machine, I don't know, but I will tell you this: our journey to getting a C sixty four was uh, filled with trouble. We must have gone to Dixon's. Yeah. Did a Dixon's. Oh, I love Dixon's. Uh, I reckon we took our C64 back five times, and I'm not even joking. Because it what, was faulty. Didn't work. Right. Yeah, it just didn't work. Which was a story, you know, which was basically with pre console gaming, was something you had to get used to. Because <laughs> you could buy a brand new game, be all excited, take it home, and it wouldn't work. So there was a lot of taking stuff back. But yeah, it took a many goes around at Dixon's. To get one that actually worked. Yeah. Um, now, separate tape deck? Yes. Yes. Uh, again, a little bit more modernised than the big brown one that you had. Yeah. But uh, yeah, still separate. And obviously, loading times. So, this is where I still oh. say cartridge. Me! This is where I still Brrr. say cartridge is better than uh, disc or digital. Because those those buggers take time to load different scenes. Cartridge, plug that in, turn it on, instant. But, but, but with what, tape, what we're talking about now is tape. Like you said, that noise, that screeching. Put the tape in and you have to press play as it loads for like five or ten minutes. Well, no. So first of all, you'd get 30 seconds of... And then, if you were lucky and it was actually loading properly, you'd get treated to a lovely... Load screen. Exciting load screen. gorgeous art that would get you jacked yeah. and then the music would kick in and then you'd get another minute of that and then hopefully the screen would go a bit fuzzy and the actual game would load and then you could stop the tape couldn't you you could stop you the tape when it's loaded yes yes because what you'd have we we both had a lot of com- oh the compilations love those game set yeah, match skip uh, uh us gold um, yeah. All those, it comes in a lovely cardboard box with maybe one yeah. or two tapes in, and it might have five games on a tape. So you have to you have to know at what point to fast forward the tape to if you want to play game two on the tape. Yes, and it had Which it had the really it, had, it had the little number counter next to the where you put the tape in, like a like a combination lock. So you got four zeros, and you have to fast yes. forward to like one seven two. Ah, oh, that's where Ya Kung Fu is. Oh man. <laughs> And whilst we're talking about things that were loading, that's why Ghostbusters on the C64 was so 
revolutionary because at the time it actually had a mini game yeah, space invaders. that you could play whilst it was loading. Yeah. You're crazy, love that, love that. Yeah, that was incredible. The, I've got it? a massive, massive problem now because you sent me down a Skeletrix rabbit hole, and just talking about this has got me thinking I want to get on eBay and buy a C64. Yeah, and also with our C64, we never, it was always hooked up to a TV, yeah. it was never a monitor or like you didn't have to buy that, no. you could always just hook it up to your CRT. Um, and I think. Uh, we we had like a coding book where you could basically spend five hours putting in a code and then you get to watch a hot air balloon bounce around the screen. Absolute waste of time. But look, I just wrote down a f- uh, some of the games and some of the things that really uh, sort of make me think of pre-console gaming yeah. and get me go excited. On in, go on so here we go. Uh, start off with IK Plus. Yep, IK Plus. Dude, well done. What a game. Do you remember the bonus games where you had the shield and the sound of the balls that were hitting you? Yeah, they come like high or low. Is that the one? Yeah. Do, 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 yep. do. Yep. And, Great game. And that was where there was three characters on the screen. Is that right? A white-clad, yeah. a white-clad uh, karate dude, a red one, and maybe a blue one. Yeah, really cool game. Then I've got Arkanoid. Oh, classic. Absolute classic. Then I've got... It's more of a genre, but it was the summer games, winter games, yep. uh, joystick uh, wagglers. Yep. Love them. Love Absolutely them. insane because it was actually tiring doing the 100 meter sprint. Correct. Yes. For, for your wrist. Yes. Uh, then I've got absolute classic Outrun. Yep. Um, just just being able to choose the song on the radio Sound to blow my mind. is incredible. I've got a CD that came free with a magazine maybe 15 years ago, and I still play it. Yeah, and then another game, this was more for the packaging, was Platoon. Now, Platoon came in a gorgeous box, Ocean, and it had a massive poster, and it was a really hardcore game. I think I I made it through level one, and then you go into the goddamn Viet Cong, like, um, underground tunnels. What I'm going to do is, I'm actually going to... Forward facing. I'm going to actually play that on an emulator. I think this weekend because you put the feels in. Do you there. remember when they come out of the the water? Yeah, it's so knife. hard. It's so hard. And also, that came. I had that as well. And I had the one with the the like you said, the big cardboard box, same size box as those compilation ones, because it yes. had a second tape in it, and it was actually the Smokey Robinson song, uh, "Tracks of Her Tears." Yeah. <laughs> Cassette with one song on it, amazing. So good. Then I've got Whizball. Yeah, Whizball was good. Yeah, Whizball. Then I've got Operation Wolf and Operation Thunderbolt. Now let me just. <laughs> this is crazy. So we obviously we all loved Operation Wolf. Fantastic game. Played it on the arcade. Now on the C64 you had a you had a cursor that you could see where you were firing. Correct, yeah. Yes. Now when we ran out to buy. Operation Thunderbolt, the sequel, there's no cursor, Chief. I can't remember this game at all, so... You can't remember Operation Thunderbolt, no, the sequel? No. Well, all I'm trying to say is there was no cursor, you couldn't see where you're shooting, okay. it was a nightmare. Okay. <laughs> classic. Uh, but you remember Wolf, yeah? Oh yeah, Wolf's classic. I've got that on the something. Okay, well this, well this isn't... Then uh, I've got Kickstart. Oh, then... I love Kickstart. 
Yeah, but you love this more. Pole position. Ooh, now... Do you remember I, we played that for a day with the tyres no, and the different... No, we t we messaged Gav, I messaged Gav earlier to say, um, what's your memories of C64? And he said pole position, even though he spelt it wrong. He spelt it P-O-L-L. -L. Oh, he spells everything okay. wrong. That's fine. Um, That's fine. But I think he is misremembering, and I think the game was called Pit Stop. Chief? We've misremembered it was called Pit Stop. Yeah, and Pit Stop 2. Oh my god. So that is where your car comes into the pits and you have to control your dudes, run him to the tyre, take yes! off the wheel, put another one on and even fuel up. Amazing. So you had different colours on the tyres and yeah. we would run them to like... Ragged. Deep, deep, deep red. Yeah. Oh god, right. what game. Right. Then I've got... Um, Chief, then I've got the Action Force game, which was really good. Well, I, and again... I don't remember this at all. I think I spoke about it with maybe uh, Diagnostic 80 on a Talking Joe episode, but... You're the oar striker. Yeah, I don't remember it at all. Oh, man. Really? Okay, it's a good game. Then I've got 1942. Yeah, love that one. Um, shoot them up. up yeah, shoot um, up. yeah, then I've got 720 Skating. Don't even remember that. Is that Skate or Die? Is that the same one? With the with Killer no, Beast? called 720. What's the one where the Killer come after you? That's Paperboy, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Paperboy's great yeah, then I've got Commando. Yeah. Not related to Arnie. That was good. That was good. Then I've got, then I've got Swiv. Uh, don't remember that. Is that a side-on shoot-em-up? No, no. Over the top, you either like the buggy or the helicopter. Don't remember that. But yeah, that's just a few. Okay. That's just a few. Oh, I'll tell you some of the ones you've covered a lot there, but do you remember an isometric 3D one called Head Over Heels? Where Ooh. one of you is a dog, and there's another character, and you can kind of jump on the other one, and, and it's isometric yes. view. Oh my god! That was good, I think. Pang. Yes. Um, then there was a sequel to Renegade. It was called Target Renegade, which is like a yes. double dragon ripoff. Oh yeah, great game. Target Renegade was really good. Uh, Ghostbusters, you mentioned, but the the load screen, but the actual game itself, which I have on the Master System, and I want to fire up. That's where. It's an overhead view of the map, and you drive around. You have to buy your car. Which car are you going to get? What proton packs and what that purple one? Equip, yeah, oh. the little speedster, but it's got no space on it. Then you drive to a place where there's ghost activity, supernatural activity, and that's where you have to get your Ghostbusters out and trap the ghost. If you do that enough, you can then go to the next bit, which we never got past, which is never did it. You have to get through Marshmallow Man's legs. Stay puff Marshmallow Impossible. Man's legs, and we never and you've ever got three did it. goes. Yeah, you got three goes to get two people through. I mean, that's a good thing to talk about, how hard these games were. Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah. Well, I don't think we ever completed a Commodore 64 game. No, uh, never. Oh, I've got a few other things I want to mention. Joysticks with micro-switches. Yeah, so you do, the cheater. Yeah, the cheater. Not, not as in cheating, but the actual... Cheater, as yeah. in the animal. So, And they would generally have... And what was the other one? Uh, what's the one with... It almost looks like a flight stick. It's got a trigger on the top and a trigger with your finger. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't remember Python or something we, like that. But it had you want that click as you move it in one of the eight directions. That joystick, you want that click, and you need good four suckers so you can slam that bad yes. boy down on something um, glass or some metallic or something metal, and yeah, get it down. And then they'd have <laughs> auto fire switches or things like that on the base. But you know, yep. we go through joysticks rapidly, and yeah, because of those sport games. Because of those sport games. Um, staying on sport, we had quite a lot of uh, football games now. We had one called Trevor Brooking Football <gasps> Manager or something like that. What Remember that a one? game! Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you'd actually get the comp. Well, it was like a very early um, man football, football manager, manager wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Was it just management, or was there any playing involved in as well? No, you'd watch it, but you'd get like the commentary. Okay. You'd read the. Commentary. I remember. I remember all three of us 
spent about five hours one afternoon into the evening just trying to complete a season or something like that. Yeah, um, good game. And then there were some other football ones as well. <sighs> Not sensible soccer. Um, can't remember. Kickoff, maybe? Don't know. Yeah, super kickoff. Super kickoff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, those sport games were good. And uh, I'm gonna definitely going to look up some of this art packaging. We'll put up some images, definitely, of those compilation ones because um, those, those boxes yeah, were great. Yeah, there was thousands of games there was a sort of a budget company called kicks k-i-x and codemasters yeah they were the real budget ones i mean they were barely games chief <laughs> and those were the ones that you could pick up at like the post office yeah for like for like a pound yeah but i mean they'd never load <laughs> they'd never load man we must have had so many games and it was just that thing of Imagine buying something and not really having any faith that it would work. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. Oh, here's one. The, but, the in crowd. I don't remember. That it. one's got on the box, it's got. Oh, yeah, I, rem- I remember that game. Oh, Hard Day's Night. Do you remember that? Hard Day's Night. No. Oh, man. I had the Beatles song at the beginning. Was it Hard Day's Night? Oh, I don't know. POW? Uh, Mission Impossible? No, Impossible, Impossible Mission. Impossible Mission. That was hard, yeah. We Are the Champions. What's that one? Yeah, it was... Rampage. Remember that one where your animals oh. climb up buildings? Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah. Absolute classic game. Oh, getting the pangs here. I don't know how many of them are yeah. going to hold up, though, to be honest. Now, we came extremely... So, the natural progression when you had your C64 was the Amiga. Yes. Which was, was the next thing, which was floppy disks. And I'm glad... Lots of my friends did that step and yeah. missed... Mega Drive. Well, it was kind but of we, it was kind of an either or because the Atari ST was out around that time as well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, we came close. Like all Gav wanted, I think we had a friend, Andrew Ferguson. He yeah. had the uh, Amiga, and from a Commodore owner's perspective, that was like, whoa, look at the graphics on this. Yeah, but they retailed for about seven hundred quid. Probably. All I know is that we came close to getting one like that was the big thing we wanted and then we've spoken about this that fateful night chief rings his screen's gone upside down (laughs) the world has changed forever mickey mouse Mouse, castle of illusion Illusion. and we never looked back that is probably one of the greatest days of my life look i know i got married i got a kid but i still say playing castle illusion on the mega drive top three (laughs) top three all time (laughs) well look has there ever been that it is quite a leap isn't it? From playing C64 games to playing that is is crazy. Yeah. How I mean, many kids? Nowhere near how that. many kids now play a computer game? Then every five minutes have to stop to phone their mate to say what's happening on the screen. Yeah, the graphics have hit such a point where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I I actually had a little anyway. bit of experience with the Atari ST because um, Tim Chandler, who you remember Chandler. Yeah. So he was, he lived, his dad was the caretaker at the school, wasn't he? So he lived on campus or on the school grounds. Yeah, I used to help him put away the chairs yeah. after lunch. <laughs> and he had an Atari ST. And I remember playing Ikari Warriors. Oh, yeah. A uh, two player um, vertical scrolling kind of Rambo style game. I remember playing a game called North and South, which is probably not that PC anymore. It's the this reenactment of the Civil War. US right. Civil War. And I remember playing a lot of Dungeon Master, which was kind of an early oh. dungeon crawl RPG. And nice. I only ever played it around his house. And, you know, like you, I think I you were going to go down the Amiga route. I was going to go down the Atari ST route. And then, obviously... It was a good job you didn't, because that was a very short-lived, failed 
project. Yeah. That was the end of Atari after and, that. that was and it. also, you know, if we had gone down that route, it might have might have kept us on the PC route, and we might not ever have Oof. gone down the console thing. So, yeah, we don't want. And that. without consoles, we probably wouldn't be doing the out of timers. No, no. Um, but I do. I mean, I do look back. Uh, at those days with fond memories just a lot of just sitting on the carpet we just surrounded by tapes yeah. so many tapes and it really wasn't what do you want to play it was what do you think will work <laughs> that really was what it was and the like. thing, yeah but also the thing I liked about it was our expectations because we knew sometimes a game wouldn't work and we knew sometimes a game would take 15 minutes to load but that was just accepted and you know, nowadays, have gamers got it too easy with being able to stream and play online, stick a headset on at a moment's notice, just kind of do whatever they want to do and chat to their mates? With You know, obviously, times change, technology evolves, so that's what... A lot of people push back on modern gaming with the the kind of evolution of this tutorial hand-holding thing yeah. that, that starts every game. And it, you'll have one in that game you've just bought, The Last of Us 2. Yes. You know, where the first... 10 minutes is a lot of exposition and then you get like a lot of do this and hit this yeah because like none of that like like i said uh, on a previous one i always used to like to get the mega drive manual or the snes manual out Mm -hmm. and read what the controls do what the background is what i'm looking to do you would just plug in and play but nowadays obviously games don't come with an instruction manual if you want some kind of manual you can probably download it online but they don't Mm -hmm. come with a, a little booklet inside the case yeah, another thing I'd like to touch on, which was such a big part of this for me, was uh, the artwork. Yes, uh, on the on the games because they were really what was selling you on the game. And I've 100%. got this lovely book called "The Art of Atari." Oh, it's fantastic! But there's a lot of crossover with some of those games in the C64, and the illustrations and the artwork on some of these games were so kind of they just. They just enticed you. I mean, obviously, the game, nothing like any of that artwork. They couldn't reproduce that. But that told, that sold you on the characters and the story. And it was all so colourful and so kind of grabbing. I remember a game, I think it was called Barbarian, which had kind of an Arnie-like kind of muscular, sheened down guy. I loved that game. I loved that game. And I just got into this thing where... You could just behead them in one that's straight it. shot. You basically, one put, move, put your sword above your head and do turn. Three, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't actually fight people. All I could do was that. And I, <laughs> I think I got because um, it was effectively just one-on-one combat, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Yes. And you would just go through. Yeah. That was a good. Oh, I'll game. tell you a couple we missed out here. Rolling Thunder. I used to love that. Oh yeah, you had that on the Mega Drive. I had Drive Rolling too. Thunder two on the Mega Drive. That's so playable. Yeah, I haven't got it anymore, so I'm going to put it on the list. Chief, what was that flying one where you're flying against? Like the Nazis, uh, was it Aces? Something Aces on Aces? I remember playing possibly, that. Possibly. What about Gauntlet? Oh my God! Valkyrie is about to what die. A, what a game! When you get to that level where it's just all exits. Yeah. Oh. And I was reading. I was geez. reading somewhere online. Uh, that, we that, played that for that hours. There is no. The there is no hours. ending. There is no ending to. No, the there game. isn't. It just keeps generating dungeons. Yeah, and when you because, go back... Because we obviously thought that... We thought there was an ending. We thought, what level do we have to get to to find the final exit? And do you remember when you just get trapped in a room with so many of those ghosts? Yeah. And then death. Who were you? So you've got Merlin, so you've got the, Warrior... You've got Wizard, Valkyrie, Elf, Elf yeah, and Warrior. Yeah. 
Oh, what a game. Potions, and each one had different abilities and stuff. Um, we obviously didn't talk about California games. Yeah, well, I thought we've, you know... We've done yeah. that to death on the other one, but that, this had Frisbee on it, doesn't it, the Commodore one? Yeah, it was it was slightly different. Yeah, we played that a lot. That seemed to always load. <laughs> that was a, so, a solid loader. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I had it. It might have been more... Of, was Chase HQ, did they try and do that on the C64? It might have been a bit too advanced. No, po- possibly, I think, yeah. Yeah, uh, Cobra. I think we it, had a game called Cobra based on the Arnold oh, yeah. and the Stallone movie. Yeah, so tie-ins were massive. Yeah. Uh, every film seemed to have a C sixty four game. It felt like yeah, that was on a pack called the Magnificent Seven. Yes, Jeeve. Yeah. Oh my god, that? what else was on that pack? I'm just trying to find an image online of, of Magnificent. Can you Google 7? it and tell me? Because we had that. If you had a C sixty four, you had to have that. Yes. So but that wasn't Ocean, though, was it? Um, uh, let me have a look. Was that one of the other big companies? Let's have a look. Come on, load, damn it. Yeah, right now you've got loading Now problems. i got loading problems. Uh, let's have a look. It uh, looks like it's got Whizball. Oh. Uh, yeah, so we had that. Uh, head Over Heels. Oh, it is Ocean. Oh, it is, so okay. Head Over Heels on the pack, left to right. Head Over Heels, Stallone Cobra, Short Circuit. Oh, my God. Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yes. Uh, Arkanoid, Whizball, The Great Escape. That was an amazing... That was it. You start in prison. You start in prison. You start in prison. And you have to sneak out. You start in bed. It's actually not Magnificent Seven because it says, plus, Ya Kung Fu, free. Which was a good game. game. Yeah. Jeez, that's actually all you need right there. Me and Gav, we also had the cartridge thing. Bomb Jack? No, not Bomb yeah, yeah, Jack. Bo- uh, uh, bomb Jack, yeah. I think so. Was it Bomb Jack? And it went in the back of the C64. Yeah. Now, Gav's been listening to some of these pods and he says that he wants to... He takes notes. And he says we get a lot of stuff wrong. <laughs> okay. What, more than Fact he gets checking. wrong? He was well upset. He, he, he get the Le Mans 24-hour thing, we um, said it was the Mercedes and the something else and it wasn't it was actually the Jaguar and the Porsche we had right um, which was the second uh, one but anyway yeah he gets frustrated okay. so we've probably got that wrong yep. <laughs> it wasn't Bomb Jack it was something else it was but it was something else okay. there was one called there was a compilation called We Are The Champions I'm just looking to see what was on that if that was anything why when I open this image does it just send me to I remember uh, Winter that Games that Barbarian uh, Super Sprint, IK Plus, Renegade, and Rampage. Yeah, so we've mentioned most of them. We had we had a lot of games. 20, 27 quid for that compilation on eBay. Oh, thanks, Mum. <laughs> we had a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, it's, this nostalgia. I love nostalgia. I know a lot of times I've been saying recently, nostalgia is a bad thing. It's good for me personally when I don't have to start spending cash on it. Yeah, and uh, okay, I can tell you now that, oh, or can I? I was just about to say that I don't need to play any of these games, but maybe I do. Yeah, you do, and I do. Oh, I do. Oh. But, but so, there, obviously, there must be an, an emulator yeah. that you could literally just download in a second with everything Correct, on. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I mean, it might be one of those things that they are so 
bad in terms of the visuals that they're unplayable. Yeah, at what point, with, this is an interesting point about nostalgia in general, at what point, if you do the revisiting, we're done now and we're getting great feels, at what point does the memory get sullied or soured, uh, no pun intended, where, you know, <laughs> if we go back and play them and these games turn out to be shit, does that ruin the memories? No, definitely okay. not. Not for me, not for me personally anyway. Right. No, I can separate. I can. No. Okay. Not for me, my friend. All right. Good stuff. I, I did buy. I, I've got. I'm just looking at my cabinet, and I did buy a few uh, to put in there. I bought Outrun. Uh, I've got. I want that platoon. I do want that platoon. Yes. I've also got uh, Chase HQ, but it's not C64. I think it's something else. Right. Um, but again, the boxes and the art and the big posters. It was all part of the experience. That's it. it was great. Great, loved it. You know, it's part of the part yeah. of growing up. Yeah. Would you say it's quite? Was that a brief time? So eighty six, and then by ninety ninety one, we must have had a Mega Drive. So it was quite a long time. Yeah, I think it I def, definitely was. And you know, you never strayed into and that you, ZX even Spectrum, longer. did you? I think I had the Spectrum one two eight K, which had the built in tape deck for a little bit, and it was always kind of perceived that the Spectrum had the better gameplay but obviously it wasn't in color it wasn't in color yeah yeah and also that was such a uk thing the spectrum didn't exist in any other country and i always thought it was a bit of a sega nintendo thing but internationally i mean the commodore was massive was it yeah big big in the states oh good good so yeah well that was a heck of a spotlight and let's face it that was a heck of a show yeah great show great show high energy Maybe, but no show sugar. would, yeah, no show would be complete without talking to those pesky kids. Oh, what have they got to say? Hello. Would you like to live in the jungle? Uh well, when it rains, I'd have shelter from the trees. But I probably prefer it here because there's like tigers and lions in the jungle. It depends. What type of jungle? Yeah, it would be nice, maybe. I mean, I just think I'd rather live here, but that would be cool. Um, um, maybe. Thank you. There you go, Chief. Always. It's a segment that keeps on giving. You can always rely on the kids. You can. Uh, right, Chief. I think that's about it. We're done, aren't we? Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, we've had fun. Um, hopefully you've had fun. There'll be more of the same in two weeks' time, so please stay with us. If you want to tip your hat and check out the bonus content, you can do that over on patreon.com slash theoutertimers. We can find us on all the social media places. You probably know that already. It's The Outer Timers on Twitter and on Instagram. And, yeah, where can the good people find you? Ben Flying Retro on Instagram trying to produce content yeah it's tricky <laughs> with all these hobbies we've got so it really yeah, is you can find me over on chiefy two shoes posting up daily art pics oh i haven't done one yet today i need to pump that up so i think i calculated if i post up one piece of my art i've collected over the years per day i reckon i can do about 500 days so whoa this is i'm in it for the long haul people i'm doing one a day so this is a commitment um, mm. but yeah you can find me over there Chiefy Two Shoes on Twitter and Instagram or check out uh, I'm also co-hosting Talking Joe 
which is the G.I. Joe-based podcast. And also, um, go and check out uh, a fellow out-of-timer, Faceman Dave, that I did this comics uh, talk, Comic Crush, which is um, the bonus content that's out there at the moment on the Patreon. I also co-host the the wrestling show with him. He is a budding comic writer, and he has a new comic which is just launched on Kickstarter. It's called The Hordes of Surrey. That's H-O-A-R-D-S, Hordes of Surrey. It's kind of a Goonies-inspired piece three issue miniseries but he's looking for backers God, it sounds right up my street i've read i've read the first six pages and it's really good it's really good so go and check that out uh pledge along if you want to that will also help out you know out of timers in a way because he's part of the crew so yeah um awesome we have been the out of timers chief and we are out of time yeah, gotta go back in time